0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
1: It's the art and science of money.
2: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
1: It's Hi-Fi Radio, from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto, with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
0: Well, good morning, my good friends. Welcome to the show about money. It is high finance, high fidelity. We're going to weave in some cool tunes just to help, help the cause. I am Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, joined with my partner Jack Hartle, portfolio manager. And uh, we are blessed this morning to be joined by a fine, upstanding member of Wall Street, uh, our very own Mr. Tony Dwyer, uh, our chief market strategist uh, who works in. Well, uh, I guess it, he works at home right now, but he, he is a member, shall I say, of uh, Wall Street, and he's a uh, boots on the ground, a uh, wonderful human being, frequently seen on CNBC, um, and of course they have a bigger budget than I do uh, to bring on such talent. So, uh, <laughs> It's a pleasure, Tony, <laughs> to have you on uh, Hi-Fi Radio once again. You're a very solid, steady hand, and it's what we all need right here, right now. But before I go into um, you, Tony, I want to speak with Jack, and maybe, Tony, you can speak to this as well. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio has now been on air for, Jack, are we pushing over three years yet?
2: We started in May, yeah, so it was uh, just about three years now, I guess, because it was uh, just before the long weekend in May a couple of years ago.
0: Absolutely. Three years ago, yeah. So, and 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 since that time, we've been running the same show promo. Uh, we're blessed that Warren Buffett was available to uh, voice that promo. Did, did you pick that up? Picked up, Tony, that Warren Buffett's in that promo of ours.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did. Wolfie. that's
0: Buffett. Yeah. And so, and of course, Jack uh, spent last weekend um, uh, tuning in to the Berkshire Annual Conference. No, Jack is not a shareholder, uh, but with the world of Zoom, uh, he was able to uh, view it. And I want to ask you, Tony, did you tune into Buffett's uh, four-and-a-half-hour
3: shareholder meeting? I really didn't, Wolfie. You didn't,
0: eh? well, so so. Why don't we then? what do we start with? Let's just go to Jack, because um, again, Tony, you're you're a strategist, you're boots on the ground kind of a guy, but so is Warren Buffett, and we all think a little differently. Um, but it is comforting uh, and um, unnerving. Uh, sometimes to, to hear the, the, the wisdom of the Oracle. And I'll tell you, because he certainly did this week shake the airline sector because he announced that he had liquidated his entire, and I said entire, position in America's four largest airlines. So that was a very significant statement that made the papers, and it flowed through to the market on Monday and Tuesday uh, of this week. But, Jack, give us a couple of key takeaways from the meeting uh, that really, really stood out to you.
2: I would say it was a, a cautious tone, Wolf. You know, I used to, uh, on Saturday nights, I used to watch hockey or playoffs or stuff like that. But I uh, found myself on Saturday night, just this past Saturday, watching basically Buffett talk to an empty room and a bunch of people on Zoom, which is kind of interesting. Um, like you said, he's a legend. So what I got from it, he said, bet on America, but you have to be careful how you bet. That, that's the key message, I would say.
0: Yeah, the, the takeaway I took from it was stocks, will handily outperform bonds in the next decade. Uh, zero interest rate environment, that seems like a layup to me. Yeah, I'll tell you something else that caught my attention, and I are going to drive it over to Tony Dwyer, but uh, my, our own uh, 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 president, Stuart Raftis, came into a, our office, Jack, and, and Stuart was concerned about the low interest rate environment because to him that's spelled of a low growth environment, so he expects rates of return on the equity markets to be a little more subdued on a go-forward basis because he recalled a uh, high interest rate environment actually performed uh, quite uh, well into the equity market uh complicated stuff so like good would... friends it's early in the morning uh let's let's let's, let's go to wall street for a second Let, let's get tune in here with tony dwyer so tony from buffett selling airlines to being cautious to saying equities over bonds for the long haul don't bet against america um what's your take on it my good friends
3: well i'm in i'm in Stewart's camp i'm in the the bond market and the yield curve the u.s treasury yield curve which is the spread between short-term and long-term interest rates i think that's sending a message that we're just in the early stages of the recession and that while we'll be seeing less bad data going forward as we come through may um, we're already seeing it in the initial unemployment claims it's still bad data so we're having a a slower. We're probably going to have a slower recovery than the V-shaped response rally, reflex rally we've had in the equity market.
0: The, the equity rally has been historic, as has the sell-off. Uh, this is where the um, statement that, or this uh, uh, maxim that I, that I was taught years ago about the equity market holds true: that the uh, portfolio can be like a bar of soap. The more you touch it the smaller it can get. Buffett is a man who is a patient investor. That said, he deals with the facts, and when the key facts change about his long-term macro outlook, he will adjust accordingly. And again, the key there is long-term macro outlook. Tony, help us look out, first of all, three to five years. Where do you see the world and the the markets at the same time over the next three to five-year period?
3: Well, I think there will be... Inflation at some point when we've had a shutdown of economic activity, so because of a demand shutdown. So when you shut down production of something and you're throwing an infinite amount of money into the economy, the liquidity or into the markets, you get this inflation, and we're seeing it in stock prices right now. Eventually, when the economy get when people go back to work, um, that money is going to find a, a, a way to get into production. So I, I would expect some degree of Um, Inflationary pressures, maybe even higher interest rates over the course of the next few years as we try to repay this debt globally. Remember, all the central banks have done the right thing in terms of trying to protect against the true, true. We've seen the economic collapse. You couldn't see a financial system collapse at the same time. And the global central banks have done their best to try to protect that. And and Wolfie and and Jack, that's why I think we're in this kind of no man's land where there's not a lot of clarity. Down 34 percent with a historic oversold condition. I'll take a stab at it for a relief rally. We had data that suggested a median 17 to 20 percent gain off of uh, such an oversold situation back in late March. This has been more than that. So. It's, it's, dis, it's probably discounting a little bit too much optimism toward economic growth and where interest rates may be.
0: Yeah, there's no question. I've been looking at the charts. The markets had an amazing move off the bottom. Here, my good friends, I would have to say, and I think, Tony, you're going to agree with me, if you did not were unable to handle the volatility but held your breath, here's a chance if you need to rebalance and tone your portfolio down for the longer term because of the future volatility that it will always come back at us, I think you have a pretty good chance of lightening the load. Uh, I think if you're a long-term investor, you ride, uh, you, you, you ride it out. And I do think uh, ultimately, you know, totally, long the short, five years out, is the
3: stock market at a new high? Yeah. I think, again, Wolfie, if you look back at any crisis we've had, even 2008, five years later, the market was at a new high. So you've melted the global financial system before. The only time that may not be true is after the Great Depression, and and hopefully we're not going into that.
0: So so my wife said to me this morning, Kathleen, my beautiful bride, almost 20 years, I must add, uh, getting set up for that anniversary. uh, guess hopefully I can do some retail. That would be my excuse. I couldn't purchase retail. Hey, guys, keep that in the back of your mind. Don't do that. Um, Unemployment uh, in
3: America, has it surpassed the level of the Great Depression? Some of the data on, a, on a, for example, the sharpness of the unemployment rate uh, rise is, that we're going to get tomorrow, the initial unemployment claims. I mean, we intentionally shut down the economy. In the Great Depression, we didn't intentionally shut down the economy. It did it on its own. So the government intentionally shut down the co- economy for a biological um, pandemic. Now, the, the question is going to be not whether it reopens. They shut it down. They can reopen it is what will the unemployment rate and uh, economy look like as we reenter what's going to be a new normal? Just, a, you know, when you think about a restaurant, um, if I took my family to a restaurant and somebody was within three or four feet of me and coughed, it would freak me out. And, I, I, and, you know, so I think, I think restaurants and anything where there's a grouping of people is going to be dislocated for some time. Agreed.
0: Look, we're going to go to commercial break here, my good friends. But Tony, uh, during that break, I want you to ponder this question. If they reopen the economy and we've had such a monster rally, monster rally like monster magnet uh, off the low, will it be a buy and rumor sell the news? Hence, when the economy opens up, market rolls over and does the retest that you have been Thinking was going to occur for some time now. Let's go to break. We're get right back to Tony Dwyer on Hi Fi Radio. Of course, my partner, Jack Hartle, in for the cause. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning, my good friends. Wakey, wakey. Let's make some money.
1: I want some money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: Welcome back to the show. It's Hi Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Good morning, my good friends. Welcome to another day. COVID 19 lockdown continues, but they're talking of opening it back up. There's a cliche, and it holds a lot of water you buy on rumor, sell on news. Will it be, you sell the news, when they open up the economy in America? Of course, the markets had a great rally off the bottom, up over 20% uh, following the puke that occurred as COVID ran rapid uh, internationally and worked its way into the financial markets. Tony Dwyer, live from Wall Street, joining us this morning. A real pleasure to have our chief market strategist on the line, Uh, an absolute rock star on Wall Street, frequently seen on CNBC. Uh, That's where the big boys hang out, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Tony. Uh, So what do you think, Tony? Buy and rumor, sell on news?
3: I I tell you what, Wolfie, I'm I'm having a hard time fighting the Fed. I I think, um, you know, once the Fed made that April 9th decision, you mentioned a retest um, view, and once the Fed made that April 9th decision to move $2.3 trillion stimulus and potentially by high yielded municipal debt, and they've reiterated since then that there's no dollar limit to the stimulus that they will support the credit markets with. I don't think you want to be negative. I think you you got to be very careful not to be negative. I also necessarily wouldn't chase some of the mega cap stocks, which are you know beyond record highs now they've had incredible moves uh off the low, so I think we're just in that in that zone where we're looking to get offensive, but we'd rather do it on further signs. Like, today's a great day for, for us looking to get a little bit more offensive. The, the banks, I call it the banks and tanks, the economically sensitive stocks are acting better relative to the bigger stocks. So the market's showing a little bit of broadening out here today, which is a good sign.
0: I'll tell you, Tony, you know, in the short-term noise, I don't want to confuse the audience. And again, I repeat, a portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. And trying to call the squiggles and the wiggles, I think, is a mug game. General trend, I think, is the key. And again, if you look at Warren Buffett, when he speaks general trend, he's He's thinking in decades. Easier said than done. I like the Fidelity shop in Boston because of the way they are structured. They, too, try to think out three to five years. Um, And I often think that the smart money, the institutions who run pension money, you know, Canada Pension or OMERS or CalPERS, uh, I always think they think that. But um, off air, you said (laughs) they too are human and puke stock at the wrong time. Can you speak to that a little bit, Tony? Because we're all thinking about the machines taking over and the humans being removed, certainly when it comes to the big pools of capital. Speak to it.
3: Well, there are signs that, you know, the uh, my experience advising institutions in the U.S. and globally is that they were just as scared as everybody else when the market was down 34 percent and everybody was shut inside their house with no hope of ever coming out. So that I would I would suggest that, you know, when you're in a true human nature, motion driven market, it's not different for anybody, whether you're a CEO Um, a a car driver uh, or an investor, professional or or individual. Everybody was scared at the low, and that's typically what happens at a major turning point. So we identified that as a major turning point. We got a relief rally. Now, I originally thought that we were going to go back and retest the low, but, again, the Fed support makes that much less likely. You
0: know, Tony, I've learned in this business because uh, I've been to now, I'm going to say one, two, three. I'm going to call this my fourth rodeo, uh, i.e. bear market. And if you don't like the number four, we'll call it my third. Actually, it is my fourth. 2000 tech wreck, I dealt with 9-11. I dealt with 2008. I dealt with 2011. Oh, excuse me. It only fell 19.5%, not a bear market. Yeah, right. Uh, The debt crises, European debt crises, and the ceiling in America, that was front and center. That was not a fun time, 2011 and such. I'm going to call this my fourth rodeo. And I have learned, Tony, that if nothing else, when you are fearful, as Warren Buffett so clearly says, you've got to be greedy. If nothing else, you can't participate in excessive fear. It's too late when the market's down 15 to 20 percent. You have to suck it up. And you, said, you say frequently, Tony, like when you said, you know, once you're down at those levels, any further you fall, you'll get back pretty quick. So I repeat, crises are to be purchased not sold it's the mania that you want to be selling uh, but you have to then be a true longer-term investor to be able to buy the crises because the crises can go on longer than you can perhaps remain liquid for correct Tony
3: yeah that's uh era ir- is the markets can be irrational longer than we can stay liquid in other words, it could be going in a direction you don't think it's going to go for longer than you think it could go. So the 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 point is, Wolfie, and I think it reinforces you and Jack and what you try to do, is you try to not bet against it at the wrong times, and you try to maybe take some profits when things have gotten too extreme. We did that in January, and, and I think that's the right plan for an individual investor is, when you get a mania on the downside or a mania on the upside, it can happen in both directions. You don't want to be too emotional at either point, and you want to be data-driven. The you data want to lean market, into it. you want to do it it. bounce.
0: Yeah. I, you know Your data-driven point is going to, sorry for the delay in, in speak there, Tony, but I think you have to lean into it. When something gets extreme, as Howard Marks said, it's like a pendulum. If it gets too extreme, or, or an elastic band, when you stretch it too far, it's going to snap back the other way, so you've got to lean into that. But for the most part, I think you try to hug the middle line. And you speak about the mega cap stocks, the Microsoft, the Apple, uh, they are getting all the love of the market right now. You speak about your banks and tanks. And yeah, the bank's got to kick into gear, Tony. You brought that to my attention clearly this week. I own some banks. I'm watching them lag. They've been lagging for a long time. But without the banks participating, it's hard to believe we're going to get ourselves a new bull market, which ultimately we will get. Look, we're going along here. are going to go to commercial break. We're going to hang on to Tony Dwyer, live from Wall Street, the big star on CNBC. Uh, tune into Mad Money every now and then. You'll see him hang out and, and uh, throughout the day as well. He's just a great, great commentator, uh, steady hand, and he works off. Data. He works off fact, and that's what I like most about you, Tony. Uh, please stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio. More show right after this.
1: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: Yeah, Money for nothing, Dire Straits, great record Uh, Money for nothing, whoa, how appropriate Uh, Interest rates uh, are virtually zero uh, in North America Um, Jack, you've been shopping the market um, uh, for uh, some GICs Just to get a gauge of a GIC interest rate available right here, right now And uh, what have you come back with? What what can you get on a one-year deposit at the bank If you want to be ultra-safe and conservative?
2: Yeah, it depends who you're looking at, but uh, I've seen one and a half to just under two percent, which is uh, I was actually surprised. I thought they would be lower than that, but I guess these these banks and uh, and credit unions really need funding right now.
0: Two uh, percent on a one year, and have you have you seen a five year rate on a GIC lately, Jack?
2: I didn't get the five year, but I, I know that the you know you're really not getting compensated to go out uh, the curve right now, so it, yeah. it makes most sense for most people just to, to buy the short term paper.
0: Uh. Tony Dwyer, live from Wall Street, Canaccord's chief market strategist, frequently seen on CNBC. Uh, Tony, again, thank you for your time. Uh, the third hit today. You're generous man. Uh, are the lows in for interest rates, i.e., money for nothing? Is this as good as it's going to get, uh, or do you, th- do, you th- do you think ultimately rates go higher?
3: Well, you can't you can't say that the market's up on growth expectations coming out of the economic shutdown and then say that money should be uh, – that the 10-year note yield should still be at 0.65% So in the U.S. So historically, what we're saying – and actually, we just put out a report today um, or this week suggesting that the stage is set for a rise in long-term yields. We're going to have to fund this shutdown somehow. The, the fiscal and monetary stimulus has got to be paid for somehow. That somehow is through the issuance of a historic supply in bonds. In other words, the U.S. government treasury is floating an excessive amount of bonds. So you've increased the supply of bonds at a historically low yield. That's generally going to – you're going to need to increase incentive for buyers, which means slightly higher rates. So that's our our call, Wolfie. The Fed is trying to push you into risk, but the treasury need to <laughs> – They're trying to push you out of riskless when the Treasury is trying to stuff a ton of riskless bonds into the market. And that kind of sets the stage for a little bit of a rise in rates on the long end, which is probably why the banks and the industrials and some of the more economically sensitive sectors are performing a little bit better.
0: So Tony, I have a thesis. Uh, again, Warren Buffett uh, did his annual shareholder conference. Jack Hartle tuned into it as a four-and-a-half-hour presentation. Of course, Jack did his homework on behalf of our clients uh, to help us better manage money for you, my good friends. It's a lot of work managing money, and you've got to do the homework. Uh, you have to do the homework. You can't do the homework in an hour a week. No, you've got to spend 100 hours a week, and that's why Jack and I collectively do. We spend 100 hours a week on our client portfolios, speaking to the likes of Tony Dwyer, and listening to Warren Buffett, reading analysts, it's a lot of work, and we absolutely adore doing it. Um, Warren Buffett has been questioned, gee whiz, Warren, why have you not put money to work in this environment? And he said he hasn't seen any good deals available. I think what's going on is, and I think you're going to agree with me, Tony, is Lenders are willing to lend, and therefore, people don't need to call Warren Buffett. In the crisis, the financial crisis of 2008, lending dried up. And as such, the, the lender of last resort was Warren Buffett, and he was able to achieve egregious terms, very much on his behalf. But it worked out for both parties, and the way he went. He made money. They had to call Warren. I don't think people have to call Warren. Look at Boeing. Boeing this week. I think it was this week, Tony, raised $25 billion in the bond market. And hence, Boeing is also now competing with the Fed, who also is issuing debt in the bond market. There's a lot of incredible forces at play here. But do you agree with my thesis? People don't need to go to Warren, and as such, that's why he's not spending his money.
3: Well, I think if he saw value, he would buy. Um, I think what he's trying to come to grips with is is where is the value in a market that's already bounced back uh, near thirty percent from the low in an uncertain economic outlook. So I think he's kind of in this torn environment that myself and some other people are in where down thirty four percent makes sense to be a buyer. You know going up where we are, you want to see some of the economic outcome. and I think that's people are patiently waiting, and in the meantime, you know the fed injection of money into the system just keeps driving up stocks.
0: Uh, we got about 60 seconds left. Uh, Jack uh, fire fire question 2 off to Tony before we lose him. So
2: Tony, uh For Main Street out there, they're seeing the dislocation between what's going on on Main Street, small businesses uh, versus the market. What would you say to them? Because we have a lot of clients right now that are trying to really time the market for what they see on Main Street versus what's going on in the uh, financial markets. And there is really a big dislocation there.
3: Well, you have to be convicted. The the problem, Jack, as you know, is when you take a stab at just buying because it's going up, if it starts to go against you, you're very quick to – to sell. So our view right now is there's an epic battle, an epic battle. Warren Buffett talked about it. Larry Fink talked about it. Everybody's talking about it that that I really respect. The epic battle is between the positive impact of monetary and fiscal stimulus against the negative impact of economic activity and earnings. The market is currently looking through for some of the big tech names, the mega cap stocks, um, is looking through the earnings hit to a better economy down the road. I I would suggest that if you're on Main Street and you're looking at your neighbors and you can't figure out how they're going to stay in business, chasing a higher market, you may just want to wait till you see how uh, businesses can improve. Again, down 34% with a historic oversold situation. You look through it. Up here, I'm just hesitant to just throw money at it because it's going up.
0: Tony, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. You're a generous man. Uh, You're doing a great job. You really, really are. Uh, Continue to look at the data. Continue to share with us your findings. Uh, We're going to keep you real close. Uh, We need you. Tony Dwyer, uh, live from Wall Street. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends. It's a show for you. Uh, You you, you stay tuned, my good friends. We're going to help you make some money. Money. Listen,
1: we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640
0: Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is a show about money, my good friends. We call it hi-fi radio and there's your fidelity now let's get over to the finance um one of the biggest disruptors to a healthy long-term financial plan is the d word we call it divorce uh word on the street uh, the tensions in some households may it not be yours may yours be filled with love but the tensions have risen in some households during the lockdown phase uh you know, patterns have changed, habits have changed, and uh, well, we're spending more time with our loved ones. And if there's not as much love as there once was, the tensions have risen. Uh, Jackie sent me a good story in the Globe in, or in uh, from Global News Radio. As a matter of fact, um, about the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on people's lives. But uh, who better to speak with uh, than our good friend, Mr. Michael Cochran. He is a lawyer with Browdy Thorning uh michael specializes in divorce law uh, i've referred a number of clients and listeners to you michael and i must say they're very very pleased um, with the advice that you offer to them and in fact the last individual that you advise on my behalf you advise that they don't work through a lawyer they actually work through a mediator it's a lot cheaper certainly at the initial phase but i can't thank, thank you, you. good good nice. to hear yeah. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for joining us. In fact, um, I feel this much more privileged to have you on the show this morning, Michael. As you indicated to me, you just finished doing a webinar for 50 financial advisors, uh, helping them help their clients to get through COVID-19. We have you live one-on-one, so I'm privileged. Thank you very much for joining us. So uh, let's open, Michael Cochran, with uh, what was the advice you gave to those planners that you spoke with this morning?
4: Well, uh, everybody's worried about COVID right now because it has been a gigantic disruptor in the uh, family law community for people who've already separated, but also for people who are in the middle of it. So take, uh, for example, the people who maybe signed a separation agreement or have a court order from a couple years ago, and suddenly kids are not going back and forth between homes the way they're supposed to be. Someone's lost their job, so they're not paying child and spousal support the way they're supposed to be. Someone was supposed to be making a payment to settle property in their divorce, and all of a sudden their portfolio was cut in half, and they don't have the money to pay what they're supposed to pay, according to uh, our Family Law Act. So, it has uh, it has been a big hit uh, for families.
0: Oh, that sounds tragic. I didn't even think through those details. Now,
4: uh, Michael, are the courts not
2: closed?
4: They are closed uh, in family law for anything but um, urgent cases, and uh, urgency is being defined very narrowly. Um, uh, I've already done some uh, Zoom uh, co- conferences with judges and lawyers as well as teleconferences, to sort out issues around kids moving between households. And typically what's happening is uh, when the COVID lockdown hit, the kids were in one house and mom or dad's not prepared to let them go back to the other house because they're not satisfied that self-isolation is being done properly there. So um, judges are saying that if it's urgent, a child is going to be abducted a child is being irresponsibly or wrongfully withheld from another parent, uh, or if, um, in some cases, kids are not being returned to the country, they're treating those as urgent, but everything else is pretty much shut down. You could not issue a divorce application in Ontario today.
0: Wow. Wow. So I I take it uh, you have never worked harder in your career?
4: Uh, it's uh, It's been a real adjustment, uh, although I, I'm very happy to say that in many ways, uh, lawyers have moved into their home offices pretty seamlessly. Uh, judges have moved to teleconferences and these Zoom calls pretty seamlessly to such an extent that a lot of lawyers are saying, geez, why didn't we start doing this a while ago? Because it should be saving people money. Uh, you know, the, the calls – and the way that the documents are processed is very efficient. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if this really catches on now that we see a, many uh, many of these sort of a, a live court appearances are going to be cut out. And a lot of the stuff will just be done online or by uh, teleconference.
0: Putting, putting yourself out of work, perhaps. But, it, you know, it is remarkable. Um, change is upon us. Uh, the, the world uh, is... It has changed, period. Uh, the, this, this is the new normal. Uh, I believe, as, as long as COVID remains, uh, automotive uh, is going to see an uptick. Office, as you indicated, is going to see a downtick. Travel, downtick. Technology, uptick. Retail, this curbside, curbside pickup, costs are going through the roof, keeping customers out of the store, has to be affecting sales, and they're trying to rush you through the store restaurants, long challenge ahead of them, certainly winners and losers. But it's the losers that, again, create the payment dislocations that then work their way to the kitchen table. That's exactly what you've indicated to us, isn't it, Michael?
4: Yeah, and uh, that's where the rubber's meeting the road right now. People are unable to make their child and spousal support payments, um, they're wondering about retirement plans, people who had, you know, just retired are realizing maybe they've got to go back to work now. Um, there are very interesting issues around uh, insurance. You know, for example, uh, people are wondering already, like, if the summer comes and the kids uh, want to go on vacation with mom or dad and they want to travel outside the country, are they going to be able to get travel insurance? Will they be covered? There are, you know, lots of, uh, lots of complications. And I would say even ones I've heard from my corporate uh, clients um, uh, the the value of commercial space is being affected by this. Um, well, companies that are in the commercial leasing business are finding that um, there's a big rethink going on about whether people are going to need commercial space for banks, for law firms, and uh, other businesses.
0: Uh, we have Michael Cochran on the line. Uh, Michael Cochran uh, does a lot of work uh, with uh, family law. He's a family lawyer, and he, he specializes in uh, divorce uh, and, and, and counseling and advising individuals uh, in Divorce Matters. He's with Browdy Thorning. Um, Michael, I want to go back to uh, the client of mine who uh, is, is going through uh, a marital challenges, um, and he contacted you uh, about uh, some financial matters, and you indicated to him, Try not to deal with a lawyer, deal with a
4: mediator. Uh, why that advice, Michael? Well, you know, that may sound like a crazy advice coming from a lawyer, but I do find that uh, there are some pretty terrific mediators out there who happen to be lawyers, and they understand how the financial calculations are done. You know, child support calculations are are done by a software program. Spousal support calculations are by a software program. Family Law Act property division calculations, it's mathematical. Uh, So uh, many of these good mediators can input all of that information into these programs, generate the numbers for both clients, talk to them about how they might want to settle things cooperatively, and then the clients take that preliminary um, memorandum of understanding, if you like, to the lawyers. And then the lawyers take a look at it and say, oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Maybe we could tweak this. But I find that clients um, waste a lot of money, uh, in many cases, going to a lawyer Lawyers write a lot of emails and letters back and forth to each other to get financial disclosure that really should just be provided. And uh, they can save – I think you can save money by going to the right mediator in advance and then bringing your agreement to the lawyers for review.
0: And if there's complexities and they require the bigger guns, then you can step in and, and, and deal with the bigger issues. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, there has to be a good analogy. Uh, I, I like Jack's analogy. He once said, don't use a hammer for the job of a screwdriver. You are listening to iFi Radio. It's a global news radio network, 640 in Toronto. Welcome to Saturday. Uh, Michael Cochran is on the line. Uh, he's a divorce lawyer uh, with Browdy uh He's a very, very knowledgeable man, and he gives very sound advice, and he will help you save money, uh, and divorce can be very, very costly. You need to, well, I hope you don't go through it, but if you do, you need to go through it diligently uh, and prudently. Please stay tuned. More show right after this.
1: Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? I this on it. Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: Love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Welcome back to the show. is Hi-Fi Radio. It's on the Global News Radio Network, 640 under. in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein. I'm a money manager, otherwise known as a portfolio manager and an investment advisor. Uh, likewise with my partner, Jack Hartle. Uh, Jack, love and marriage. Uh, I hope there's lots of love in your home these days, my good friend. Please tell us there is.
2: Absolutely. Well, I've been working with the kids uh, on a Mother's Day gift for, uh, for Kate, so she's, gonna, she's uh, looking forward to the arts and crafts that we've worked on this week.
0: I had to read my kids the Riot Act uh, about gifts for their mother. Uh, it was my wife's birthday, and, well, uh, I got her three dozen roses. Uh, that as 3 was one of the numbers in her age. Um, the kids came up with, well, it's COVID, you don't want us to shop, excuse nonsense. Uh, I said riot act, my good friend. I will not feed my children for a week. Uh, you can contact Michael Cochran. You can sue me. You can call me neglect. I will not feed my kids for a week, Michael, if they do not take very, very good care of my beautiful bride and the mother of my three children. Um, I don't know. Is that neglect a little threat, little heavy hand, no food
4: for one week? Well, I don't know if it's a threat, but I can tell you that what I hear, because our firm does a lot of work for the uh, Toronto Police, I hear that there have been a record number of calls to police for domestics domestic problems they are at uh, doorsteps all over the gta because people are really struggling with the self-isolation wow
0: yeah no i don't want uh, no domestic uh, activity taking place at our house and uh, likewise of course with jack we keep it nice and well, we keep it calm my good friends uh covid19 uh obviously uh, there's a financial impact Portfolios have been affected. I am pleased to say, uh, Michael, uh, our client portfolios year to date, they're down about seven and a half, eight percent 8%. Uh, so uh, clients who have taken our advice and hung on to the stuff that we hold, um, I think have gotten through uh, a historic Black Swan event uh, quite well. In fact, one portfolio manager I spoke to said this has been actually three Red Swan events uh, all at once. You had Boeing having a huge impact uh, on the industrial community in America with the 737 MAX problems. You had oil go free. And then, of course, you had COVID-19, like any one of those events, uh, plus the saber rattling uh, towards uh, China right now for being the, the, the culprit of this event. But uh, share with us, what have you learned about COVID-19 and its impact on client portfolios as they are going through a separation or a divorce?
4: Well, the, the concern that family law lawyers have is a, this mathematical problem. The um, day that somebody separates is considered their valuation day. That's the yep. day that we do the, fr- freeze the value of their assets and look at their debts. We net that out and we say, okay, husband, you owe your wife, for example, X as of that day. Let's say that that date was December 31st, 2019. Now you come around to the time that you actually have to pay what you owe as of December 31st, 2019, and you find out that your portfolio is cut in half or collapsed, and you don't have the money to pay what you owe under the Family Law Act. So we're going to have to, and the courts are going to have to, start using some pretty unusual little techniques to adjust payments that are owed to spouses because, there's been a market-driven decline in the value of the assets after they separated. So it's happened in a few cases in the past, uh, but we're now going to see those rare cases are going to become common, I think.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Michael, a simple solution to that um, is communication with your advisory team. And hopefully individuals have one advisor, not two uh, or three. But if you have one advisor and you tell them you're going through a divorce, There is a date of of separation, uh, which is coming up. We're going to tell you what that date is. And at that point, liquidate portfolio. Uh, if you drag it on, you, you, you open yourself to market risk. Again, I give the same advice to an executor of an estate. Uh, if you're an executor of an estate, a date of death is sort of the date that people can look at market valuations. If you remain invested during that period of time, uh, and you're not adhering to prudent man, the theory uh, Market dislocations like COVID 19 could wreak it with the beneficiary's net outcome, and you could be held liable. Doesn't mean you, you, you successfully uh, be, be considered guilty, but you certainly would be, there'd be a degree of liability uh, and risk uh, that you don't necessarily need. So, my suggestion is if, if, if you're an executor, Liquidate the portfolio as close to date of death as possible and get out of the market and uh, call it done. Uh, You listen to Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. We have Michael Cochran on the line. He's a divorce lawyer and a very well-rounded lawyer dealing with family law. Business is booming as there is some unrest in some households. May it not be yours, uh, but if there's issues and you need professional guidance, Michael Cochran is a great guy to contact. We're going to have him on for one more interview right after this.
1: Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Our little
2: boy is four years old and quite a little man. Welcome
4: back to
0: the show. Uh, that song certainly was not queued up by the Wolfman. Uh, Michael, Talk, Michael Cochran uh, took over the wheels of steel. Uh, so, Michael, what, what song is that we just listened to?
4: That's Tammy Wynette doing D-I-V-O-R-C-E, a classic country divorce song. That's uh, hilarious, absolutely. Hey, but Michael, did you watch Better Call Saul? No, I have not you got did into not that. You did not watch
0: Better Call Saul. It was the... Best. Oh, the first couple of seasons were off. You got to watch it. You have to watch Better Call Saul. It is so much funny. You're so not him, but I like. My, I would have hired Better Call Saul for a small jobs. Why not? Uh, Jack, uh, Jack um, got it to about a minute and a half here. Uh, what, what do you need from Michael Cochran to help you out? Sure,
2: Michael. What would your best advice be to a couple right now? They're, they're quarantined together, um, but they want to get divorced. So obviously things aren't going well.
4: Well, aside from being able to keep the peace, um, I would sit down. You know, For example, I've got a, uh, this book, Surviving Your Divorce, that's in its sixth edition. In there, I've included a full parenting plan, a, a guide for how people can sort out all the issues around their kids, who's going to look after extracurriculars, who's going to take them to the doctor, what kind of residential schedule are you going to have, what kind of child support do you have to pay, who's going to pay for the uh, hockey or the camp or the cumin lessons. All of that can be figured out by people well in advance. Keep the peace. Have a fair discussion with each other. Take it to a lawyer if you need to to have it reviewed. Take it to a mediator if you need some help coming up with a creative solution. But keep the peace and save money because if I see one more family blow the equity in their home or spend all their RRSPs on lawyers, it's a total waste. It doesn't need to be that way.
2: No, I think that's good advice. Saving, saving costs, and being, uh, you know, adults as you go through a very difficult situation, I think, is very salient advice for for any listener out
0: there. Well, Jack, you and I have had firsthand experience of clients who go through a divorce smoothly, and those who go through it less smoothly. And when it's less smoothly, it is very, very costly. But I want to go back to the point Michael Cochran made at the beginning of the show is how COVID-19 has affected portfolios. And the value of portfolios today is different than the date of separation. So if you're planning on going through a breakup, communicate with your advisor. So when date of separation is determined, have the assets, at least your financial assets split as quickly as possible. And perhaps you just liquidate the RSPs, split the cash, and then rebuild the RSPs accordingly. Again, if you have any questions on any of these matters, you can contact WolfgangKlein.com. Jack and I are readily available to each and every one of you. I certainly am available to you all as I am locked in for the next seven days. Anyways, it's a seven-day week job that we do. Michael Cochran, uh, I can't thank you enough. Friends, if you need a great lawyer, a great person to speak to, Michael Cochran, uh, Brody Thornings, uh, will... Uh, be more than happy to communicate with you. Give him time to get back to you. He's very busy. Uh, I know when you're in a point of stress, you may want a quick call back. Give Michael 48 hours. He will get back to you. Uh, friends, you have yourself a great weekend. And please keep the love, lots of hugs, lots of kisses, and stay safe.